Welcome to In Our Experience, a podcast exploring the many ways of living well with Nourish Yoga Training. I'm your host, Harriet, yoga teacher and founder of Nourish. Today, I'm joined by Venetia Adamson. Venetia is a yoga teacher and trainer based between Oxford and Hove. Um, Long-term members of our community will know that Venetia is essentially my work wife. Um, And as always, it was a really awesome time chatting with her. Um, We could have talked for much longer, but today we talked about wild swimming. We talked about the joys and challenges of being on retreat. We talked about coffee, boundaries on social media, and finding your way as a new yoga teacher. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you and as always would love to hear what you think Uh, so pop us a message or an email you can find how to contact us in the show notes right on to my conversation with Venetia hi Venetia hello (laughs) how are you doing yeah not bad thank you how are you I'm well I'm excited to have you here oh feels like it's been a long time coming (laughs) yes um, so welcome to uh, In Our Experience, which is the name of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and every week I start by asking the guests the same question, which is, what's nourishing you? <laughs> um, and to help you, I will share mine first. Mm. Um, and it can really be anything. It can be silly. It can be, you know, deeply profound if it needs to be. <laughs> Um, but I will I will share my nourishing thing with you first, which is I just had a weekend off and I spent a lot of it in bed reading a book. Mm, and it yeah. was just, it was so good. I didn't really want to go anywhere or see anybody. And it was a stormy weekend as well. Mm, that would have been delicious. Nice. Um, so that's my nourishing thing. What Gorgeous. about you? Well, I've already told you that mine's food-based always I just had a really delicious if not too brief a lunch it was an Asian rice salad Mm. I didn't make it it was full of good stuff and then I topped it off with um like a a very sweet um lemon and white chocolate cookie just to like make my teeth hurt (laughs) I love a lunch pudding yeah yeah it, it should be pudding I have pudding after breakfast it's what? essential. It's like, it's a what, treat. What do you have? What's a breakfast pudding? Oh, it could be anything. It could be very, it could be like a cube of chocolate or it could be like, you know, a piece of cake. I love it. Very <laughs> the day of the week and what's going on. Yeah, I yeah. had, yeah, I had a lunch pudding today. I had my lunch and then I was like, you know, not enough. And then mm. I had like a pit of bread mm-hmm. with peanut butter yeah. and maple syrup. I just knew you were going to say that. Any- like, I didn't even need you to finish that. <laughs> It'll be peanut butter and maple syrup, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious. Yeah, we're adults. We can do what we want. That's the beauty <laughs> of, this, of being 30. Oh, Lunch puddings. 30s. Yeah, gorgeous. I love it. We're living our best life. Yeah, it's I feel great. deeply nourished by my decisions. It's great. Well, um, thanks for sharing that with me, with everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really personal. <laughs> vulnerable. Yeah. Um, well... Well, let's talk a little bit about you because mm. you're the guest this week. Um, so tell me a bit about your background and what you do and also like how you would describe what you do. Oh, gosh. Okay. Who am I? I am Venetia. <laughs> I um, I used to be based in Oxford. I'm now based in Hove. I'm going to say Hove because there is some rivalry between Brighton and Hove. I see. And I'm a Hovian. Um, based in Hove teach yoga, train with 
do the lead the trainings with Nourish, or at least assist leading trainings with Nourish. Um, dog owner, <laughs> wild swimmer. That's all you need to know. That's me. That's quite. There's there's a lot there for us to. You can get a picture. I've just bought myself a changing robe, so I'm getting serious about the the swimming. Which one did you go for? Can I do a plug? I mean, they're not sponsored. They're not going to give me any money. (laughs) They might give you a robe. The company called Passenger instead of dry robe. Interesting. They're like half the price and uh, recycled. And like this really gorgeous, like rust orange, which makes me feel like um, some sort of beacon on the you beach. Like people orange, can see me. You? Yeah, like a really good orange. And then when I'm on the beach, friends just, they can always find me. Ah. Yeah. We will link to them in the show notes because one that is not the ubiquitous dry robe is a. Mm, I don't think you can even get the dry robes out. They're sort of sold out. I also just think they're obnoxious. Don't wear them to the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> they're for swimming and changing on the beach. I see people. I see people walk past the boat constantly in, oh, and in their Oxford dry robes. with them. Yeah, because when they go swim in the river, and I'm like, mm. no. I mean, I understand that I'm in a uniquely privileged position where yeah. I can get out of the river and into my nice warm boat. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Still, there's something about the dry robe where I'm just yes. They make me want to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I sort of really. I had to have a good think about whether I wanted to take the plunge, but I'm. I regret nothing. It's a, the best purchase of the last year. Um, and it has taken my cold water swimming to the next level. So mm. I went in last night and it was really, really quite cold, but I don't think I'd What's gone in. What's the water temperature at the moment? Mm, probably like 12 degrees. Ugh, that's, fine. that's fine. It's fine. I'll keep going until, I don't know. What's the wise I think temperature? the coldest I swam last year, the coldest the river got to was like... Three, two, three degrees. Ooh, that's bitter. Which is like technically ice swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm worried. Well, this is gloves yeah. and sock free still. And then we'll go into like glove territory and then hat. Yeah. Then I might have to get some sort of like light wetsuit. I've got like a steamer, but that's too much. You can't swim in that. Yeah. I wore booties for the first time on the weekend for a swim, but I was swimming, I swam a distance. Like I was in for like. 10 minutes yeah 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 yeah. so yeah. booties felt good it wasn't just like a splash you no know? no you need to take yeah because then you, your hands and feet do get very cold very quickly what do you enjoy about the the wild swimming the cold water swimming because i think mm. everybody comes to it with a slightly different thing about yeah yeah, yeah. It. um i started doing it when i was in oxford and it was like river swimming and then the river's never quite as cold mm-hmm. i think it was for just for shits and giggles initially. It's like, Mm. I'm not like an extreme individual, but I do like an adrenaline kick. Mm -hmm. And it's just about my level of like, oh, I feel my endorphins (laughs) kicking in. I feel kind of alive, but it's like safe. Like I'm not jumping off a building. Um, There's a satisfaction that comes with just like marching down to the sea Mm. across the shingles in front of the tourists and other like beachgoers and just walking straight in. It Mm. feels feels like it also, it kind of... um, I can use some of my, uh, you know, I can use my, the experience I have in like pranayama and like breath work and I can utilize that, like Mm. ease myself in, stay very calm. It's also, I think at the moment being very screen based because we teach on Zoom a lot and Mm. everything's digital. It's like the best, most immediate way to get completely out of um, like your head. Mm. Just brings you into your body. Mm. I like it. I like the like physicality of it. There's no escape. Mm. It's like you can't just you can't not know you're doing it. It's like a slap to the face. 
In the best way. In the best way. A sexy slap in the face. A sexy slap a in the sexy, face. A sexy, salty slap in the face. Well, I think there's something special about salt water as well. I miss yeah. salt water. Yeah, yeah. It feels, I mean, as I said, I keep an eye on the pollution levels, but in the summer when there was like turquoise clear days, it was very, very therapeutic. Yes. I know the river swimming's gorgeous as well. We both yeah, win. It's different. Yeah, we both win. <laughs> I agree. Both win. Both well win. Um well, let's talk a little bit about teaching, because you do do a lot an awful lot of teaching. Yes, I do. With me. Yes. And we have worked together for a very long time. Indeed. I was thinking about this today. I was like, how long have we worked together? Mm. And I think it's gotta be like five Five years because was it 2016? Yeah. 2016 when we started teaching when we, for yoga quota. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We met like the start of that year. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we went straight into the deep end. Like we didn't even like court. We were like initially. <laughs> we just like we like just went for it. We're, like be my work wife. I know. Quickly, we're, we're deeply committed to each other. Yeah. And, I mean, we've done we have done an awful lot since then. Whether it was like retreats, we've done a lot of retreats together. We've done a huge number of retreats. We That's, know each other's rhythms. We do. We've shared I know, beds. We've shared beds. You know when to get me in coffee. In a platonic sense. In a, sometimes. <laughs> That's been spooning. Hard, hard spooning. You know, we know, I know when to get you a snack. You know when to get me a coffee. We're just in sync. We're in we? sync. Yeah. Basically the same person at this point. Yeah. Well, I, let's talk about the retreats a little bit because I feel like this is something that really stands out for me in our relationship. It's something <laughs> I absolutely love doing with you. Um, but also I think that they're something that other people do less well than us. <laughs> <laughs> mm, humble brag. <laughs> well, that's fair comment, right? Yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. we've run, you know, at least oh, a dozen yeah. retreats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the teacher training ones, which have been about kind of leading people into the net, like the end of their trainings. Like, yeah. like it's sort of like a... It's a special thing, like yeah. being there when people are finishing their journey of yeah. their teacher training. It's it's a it's a specific thing to manage and like a specific space to hold. Mm. Um, but we do them very well. I mean, I think what we do is put food right at the center of everything. This is food true. and giggles. It's lots of fun. Food and fire because you're the like famous fire marshal, fire warden, fire warden. Dangerous around fire, but also very cautious How dangerous interesting I don't think dichotomy I'm dangerous around fire there's like a disregard but also like a fascination and like a, a concern for everyone else like <laughs> no one come near we don't want to fill out a form if you get burnt but also <laughs> i will stand over this fire and throw things at it for the next six or seven hours <laughs> and i'll be here until the bitter end well i think i have i have a deep respect for fire but yes. i also like you've got a i don't know if you show fear <laughs> fire that's can sense it exactly yes. the fire can sense it and that's when that's it's going like, to take advantage of you whereas if you, you've got to like yeah, you've got to show it who's boss yes exactly but yeah we do put well there's like the thing about food and the thing about fires I guess is that there are ways of gathering people yeah, there are ways yeah. of bringing people together it's a very organic way to get people to get to know each other and open up without it being contrived or or like micromanaged like mm. you provide food people sit they start talking you can't not learn something about someone when you start to see like how, how they're like how they behave in those situations and yeah how they use their knife and fork <laughs> oh my goodness yes judgment or like there's so much like 
in why people eat what they eat and their associations with food and then their mm. associations with like meals and then you break into like families and mm. like cultural it's fascinating mm. yeah I think one of the things in a sense that I think what happens in a good retreat space is that the facilitators sort of set the stage and create the foundation but then they have to step back yeah you are not like the main attraction we can't you can't be the star no. It can't be about us because then that's an unsustainable way of leading retreats because mm. then we have to be on and like clowning around, mm. which no one wants. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoy it. But no, it, no one's there for that. Also, it puts, it, it's not a, I think like it, it's not really about us. We're just like creating like a nice warm environment for people to relax into. Mm. But hopefully like they establish their own, they establish like, connections within that, those groups and yeah well yeah, yeah that's they don't the remember point us they remember each other oh. and the meal times and the fire pits and all the rest of it yeah that is that is a really good point I was gonna say like oh I miss those retreats but also I don't yes yeah, so much we work. did we did so many there was a point where I think we were doing four training retreats a year like yeah. one every three months and then sort of like and our own other stuff retreats. and then day retreats um we were busy for a while there weren't we we were so busy it's one of those i can't quite figure out how i used to do all of it now that my schedule's changed dramatically yeah. and like life has changed and still is a bit on it's not quite gone back to how it was like, how did i used to do all of it i don't know mate i used to teach 20 classes a week yeah plus teacher training plus teacher training what was i doing was i on speed i don't know what's going on I wasn't when did on we speed? sleep <laughs> yeah Oh my god! Yeah, breaking you news. <laughs> Found of nourish yoga training on yeah. speed. Yeah. That explains her productivity. I think I don't think speed would agree frenzied. With me. Yeah, it would have been a mess. Yeah, not my drug. No, no, no. Coffee. That's how we kept it going. I did spend. I, I spent, stopped drinking coffee. When? Have I not told you this? No. No, I went on. Well, I went on my own that retreat. Explains why I couldn't find coffee at your boat. Yeah. Oh, it was sorry. I did think about buying some for you. <laughs> um, I stumbled out. I was staying at Harriet's boat. FYI. Yeah. For the listener. <laughs> Venetia looked after my cat. I looked um, after Pickles. I was staying on Harriet's boat and I woke up early, early in desperate need of caffeine and there was none to be found. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I stopped drinking. Like crashing it. about. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I feel liberated. What was the, um, what was the kind of initial? Well, yeah. I went on retreat with Nev. Yes. Oh, of course, you're not allowed to have coffee yeah, in those two weeks. Yeah. So Venetia and I share a teacher and um, I went on retreat with him for two weeks over the summer and there's no coffee. And do you know what? I really thought I was going to miss it a lot and I just didn't. Interesting. And I was like, oh, I'm obviously like, it's one of those things where like I was clearly ready to give it up. Mm. Mm. And then I came back and like, you know, a couple of times a week I'll have a decaf. Right, but, yeah. you know, I was I was that person having like two cafetiers at home every morning. You used to have like quite a, a scary amount of coffee. Of, yeah. Yeah. You had like a capacity just to put it away. Yeah. And I'm just like a much more mellow person now mm. that I don't. And I didn't think it ever really affected me in terms of like – you know, anxiety or mood, but it's yeah. quite, it's been quite a substantial shift and it's been like th nearly four months now. 
I don't know, it's because you don't live here anymore. You abandoned me. <laughs> Maybe the last time we had a coffee, you did say decaf oat flat white. And I was like, interesting. Maybe she's having an off day. <laughs> no, no, it's a new life decision. Well, the thing that I'm always conscious of is that whenever I go out with any of my friends and they order a decaf, I'm like, they're pregnant. Yes. Pregnant or, yeah, something, something's happening. I know. Like, honestly, um, but not pregnant. Not pregnant. Just, just making different just decisions. decaffeinated. Oh, gosh. But I'll still, I'll still, I'll still bring you a coffee. Oh, lovely! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a yeah. I'm still very much an addict. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. I love it. I could have. So I went on that same retreat with Nev, but I cheated. (gasps) I know. This is a break. This is a like a an exclusive. I took coffee. I cheated, but in a different way. How? I took chocolate. You're not allowed chocolate. Oh, I definitely well, had chocolate. I made chocolate for everyone. I made like a vegan chocolate thing. Well, I think it's like it's like a it's like a sugar thing, not stimulant a, as well. Yeah, cacao. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I made hot chocolate for people one day, but yeah. it was like sugar free one. Yeah, I think I put honey in it. So no, so no. But anyway, I had like <laughs> I had like a lives. stack of like lint. Like yeah. lint bars oh, that I just like pathetic, worked my way through, <laughs> looking for our little. I needed, fix. I needed, I needed, needed something. You need something. You need something to like because it's such a quiet retreat, and like I love it. It's long sits, yeah, and it's gorgeous. But it's also, if you are used to more kind of like pingy, stimulating yeah. kind of peaks and troughs of the day, and it's all sort of one level. Yeah, it's obviously very good for you. Um, oh, it's, but it's yeah. also such a transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely cheated. I took coffee. I wondered if people could like smell it on me. I was like, it's so embarrassing. It's like being a, I was like ashamed of myself. I was like, I failed myself. No one else. No one else knows. But then I really also like, nah, didn't care that much. <laughs> yeah. I let go of other certain things. I kept everything else pretty like yeah under control. I was yeah. sleeping a lot. It's interesting. It's yeah, well. I slept really well in retreat. I mean, we're also doing like eight hours of practice a day. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a little bit of coffee or chocolate I don't think is the end of the world. Oh, I know. It's all about perspective. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um, so let's talk a little bit about teaching yoga because I think all of the – like we've had a lot of conversations about teaching yoga and practicing Mm. yoga and I think you always have really sort of interesting and insightful and also quite particular views about things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so like talk to me a little bit about that, particularly like what you see – I, I think one of the things I really notice and I really respect about you is that you have a degree of professionalism that I think is quite unique mm. in the industry. You really show up. You work really hard. Mm. Um, and, you know, you're incredibly experienced because of that. Yeah, I really, I did not give myself a break when I first started teaching. I went straight from a 200 hour in like Ashtanga Vinyasa to a 300 hour in Ashtanga Vinyasa, like with little to no space. between. I like, I taught a bit between them. Um, I'd been teaching a little bit beforehand, you know, unaccredited. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was just dipping my toe to be like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Um, but for, I remember holding myself to this incredible standard, even when I was doing my training 
And we were expected to teach members of the public mm. at the yoga shala. Like people would show up. They wanted to do classes with the trainees. Like we were very well trained. And so, you know, it wasn't like we were shortchanging them of anything. But yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself, did a lot of homework, just never felt it, this is perhaps what people now call, um, you know, what's it called? Intruder. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. I don't even know the word for it, but like, I didn't ever think that that applied to me, but I think that's what it was. I just didn't think I was, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have any right to be teaching. Like, why would people mm. come to my class when mm. I had, you know, I was so new in my journey. It did take me a long time to convince you that you could teach on the teacher training as well. Yeah. I think I nagged you for like, you were like do it. three years. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. I just, I think I'm so, in, I don't hold, I don't pedestal anybody, but I am also like in, like I have a huge amount of reverence for the teachers who I have and the decisions they've made in their lives and the commitment they've made to their practice and their teaching and like how authentic it all is and how much of their lifestyle it was. I was like, always question myself as to whether I was doing enough or being enough or was I real, mm. you know? And also I didn't really, I didn't really come to teaching with like a gimmick. Like I didn't come to it as like a performer or a musician or some sort of visual you know, art, like I didn't have a thing which I attached to teaching like a, uh, an auxiliary mm. kind of passion or project that mm. I felt. You're not a hyphen. I'm not a hyphen. I will become, I have become a hyphen, but I wasn't to start with. And then on my training, everyone was, and I was like, oh, they've just got more to offer than I have. So I think I just put myself under pressure to work really hard and do as many trainings as I could. Mm. Um, and like do my homework. And then when I first started teaching, I just didn't really want people to pay me. I was like, no, no, I'll pay you. <laughs> Please just come to class. I need to get experience. And so I, that attitude of like, I need to take every opportunity because it, you know, this is, I'm like, I'm riding a wave of good luck. I don't know when it's going to run out. Mm. I don't know if I really, like I need to prove myself to myself and everyone else like that took a long time to shake. That was years of, like I thought maybe after a year of teaching, two years of teaching, three years of teaching, that would that would fade. But actually I kind of put more and more pressure on myself to do more and continue to train. But ultimately it's it's been for the best, even mm. if I've driven myself a little bit insane, doing endless mm. trainings and working mad hours so has it softened somewhat now yeah and that's probably just age but I also think the last 18 months has taken the I was going at such a pace I was teaching six days a week you know mm. teaching back-to-back -back classes I would start early in the morning finish late at night mm. I drive around the countryside I do the trainings at the weekend we do mm. retreats I remember coming back from retreats and doing two or three classes the evening of the you know, last day of retreat. Yeah. Like there was never any respite. And then I'd go off and do some more training. And then last year, everything stopped. And it was just teaching. There wasn't the opportunity to um, run around like a headless chicken. And now I like, and then I lost momentum for a second. And now mm. I'm like slowly starting to like build it back up. But it's probably a better pace, a more sustainable pace mm. at this point. Yeah. I don't know about you. I really find myself, I just have so much less tolerance for the rushing about. Yeah. I don't think any of us can, like our nervous systems have changed. Yeah. We've like recalibrated. We've, we've recalibrated and we're like, 
I look at my old diaries and I'm like, what was going on? Mm. Yeah. So it, but then also I'm so grateful that, you know, the first sort of five or six years of my teaching career were so jam-packed because it's put me in a very good position to know that I've got the capacity to do a huge amount. I don't have to do that amount anymore, mm. but I can do and I can, I can step up and I can, I can really like show up when I need to, but um, yeah, it's sort of stepping into a different phase of teaching now. More mature phase. I'm maturing. Yeah, it's like the second trimester now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really that's a really good way of of looking at it. I and I think I had a similar experience of my early years of teaching, which is why I think we we resonated a little bit. Like mm. at the, I think I I've, I've been teaching a couple of years longer than you, but yeah, yeah. I think that first year, first eighteen months that I was teaching, I said yes to everything yeah like yeah, literally yeah. somebody wanted me to teach you know like whatever anybody wanted I said yes to mm. which I was in I think I was really lucky in that I was in a position where I was able to mm. like my life enabled me to say yes to everything um and like you I was teaching like six days a week and I would often teach my first class at 6 30 in the morning and my last class would finish at like nine o'clock at night I know. it's just casual like 60 nowadays Days, I, mm. I mean it was in australia so it was a bit better paid than it is here i think that's also a very real aspect of like why do new teachers teach as many classes as they do well quite often we get paid less we yeah. get like a lower rate and we're told that we should be getting paid less because we're newer teachers and it's quite hard to like know when you've leveled up yeah. But also the, like, you know, a lot of studio work is not, it doesn't work in the favour of the teachers. It works in the favour of the students and the owners. Yeah. The teachers sort of absorb but, some of the costs. Mm, I agree. I mean, this has been a persistent frustration of mine for years. It's like no matter which way you slice it, it's not students that lose out. It's not studios. It's not venues it's always it's teachers, teachers that like who, absorb the yeah and they you know we don't get sick pay no we don't get any holiday no if we want to take a, a week off we have to pay for it twice yeah you know you have to work it you work that week you add yeah. it in somewhere um that's perhaps also you know the fact that I haven't been traveling as much recently I think I used to sort of work such a crazy schedule because I'd be like well if I want to have a month off this year even if it was split into like two or three trips yeah. I have to work an extra you month. You were always travelling, actually. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, I still love it. <laughs> now I'm like, hmm, I can't even get on a train. I know. I don't want to. No. There's no rush. No. It's quite nice, like, just being and sitting still for a bit. But, yeah, the travel was, um, like, a major um, draw to this kind of world as well. Mm. Because yogis love beautiful places. We'll, like, find the most, like, exotic, like, gorgeous location and we'll set ourselves up there. Where's your f the favourite place you've been, your favourite place? Oh, gosh. Um, it's probably – there's so many places that I love and they're all completely different to one another. I absolutely loved Costa Rica, but then I love places like Vancouver and the two could not be further apart. Mm. And, of course, you did Bernie Clark's yin training in yes. Vancouver. And, yeah, and then I sort of spent another um, couple of weeks – just sort of um, backpacking almost around mm. there. I was hitchhiking a lot, hitchhiking a lot around Vancouver. 
Yeah, and going to different islands on ferries, and there's all these kind of little yoga pockets over there, of little kind of grassroots studios and stuff. Oh. I don't know what the scene is now, because I know some of those studios didn't fare well in yeah, I the think pandemic. There were quite a few closures, weren't there? Yeah, but it's a really interesting place, and the teachers are all um, just like a really high caliber of teacher over there. Mm. very down to earth, very affordable. Like it didn't seem like inaccessibly priced any of it, but perhaps that's the conversion. Um, so I really liked Vancouver. You know, I really love, yeah, places, you know, like Central America, but that's a much more, um, that's much more about the, the, the typography and the, the climate and the, mm. the slowness of their, their day to day. Yeah. Everything just takes a bit longer in those parts of the world. I quite like that. Yeah, it's lovely. You could spend all day just sort of going and doing like a, a grocery yeah, shop. Yeah. yeah, cooking a meal could take five to six hours, you know, depending on the weather. You know, <laughs> if it's stormy, it might take you longer. Yeah. You have to go and get things and then, you know, all of, oh, but there's also mm. going to be the sunset. We have to go do the sunset. Mm. And then, you mm. know, suddenly like life slows down. It just sounds delicious. Yeah. So... Yeah, all of those places. I mean, hopefully I'll be able to go back to them soon. I'm sure you will. Um, coming back to this, like, down-to-earthness that you were mentioning in, you know, teachers that you've seen elsewhere, I think that's also something I really appreciate appreciate about you and your teaching mm. is that you're a real person. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> not an avatar. Well, yeah. yeah but, but you know what I mean. You're not like... Oh, no, I... Oh, yeah... I'm not curated. You're not one of those no. sorts of teachers. And no. I say that with love, but there are, you know, yes. curated is a really good word for it, actually. Like, yeah. you you sort of show up with your whole self. I don't know if there's any other way to be. I, not in a sustainable way, I don't no, think. No, I, I wonder if it, you know, who it benefits, firstly. Perhaps it's sort of like a survival mechanism mm. to initially you know initially we perhaps put a mask on when we're teaching but um it didn't really I think I was too embarrassed to be anyone other than who I was also when I initially started teaching I was teaching people who I knew so I was like mm. well I'll behave how I behave with you like I'll be friendly and light and you know keep things mm. easy going and you know it's yoga we're not gonna pretend it's anything else like mm. you know how can I make it accessible to you know the people who I know in my life mm. who are just starting off so yeah I also think there's such a big I find I'm not I'm not very present on social media you might be aware of this <laughs> my reluctance is it's noted yeah. but um what I find very jarring is when I meet a teacher in person and I really connect to them and I think great they've got a great way about them there's like a warmth an openness and then I see their social media and it's it's not them Mm. And that to me is a very, I, the discordance there is very upsetting. <laughs> I find it, I'm very sensitive to it. And I don't know if I would be less sensitive, to it, less sensitive to it if I just spent more time online. But because I spend so little time online, when I feel that there's a disconnect between what I'm being sold and what I'm seeing in the person, I, like something in me becomes wary or cynical. Mm. So I hear that. Yeah. This is something I often wonder about me <laughs> as well. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm in, like, cause you, you're like, you're in yourself, right? Like you can't see it from the outside, yeah. but you know, I'm very conscious that, um, 
like I enjoy Instagram. Yes. And I have ever since it began, whenever it was. But I, you know, it's become more and more work for me mm-hmm. as time's gone on. And I was I was actually like looking at my Instagram profile today and I was like, is this me? And it's so funny because every time I post something, it always feels genuine. Mm-hmm. Like I don't post anything in an inauthentic or contrived way. Like I'm not, you know... Like when I write something or I post a story, it always feels very real in that moment. Yeah. But then like looking back over a collected history in mm. a sense, which is what it is, I'm always like, oh, you know. But I guess it's just like one lens on somebody's I, life, isn't it? It's, guess, it's like us rereading an old diary. I mean like, mm. oh, I don't feel that way any, anymore. But I did at the time. Mm. It's just it's more public. Yeah. So we're constantly broadcasting what was previously private. Mm, that's true. I think maybe I sort of hold myself to stand as I don't hold other people to. Like I don't, I I would think far too long and hard about everything that I put up online. And I admire the sort of freedom in which you can share very real aspects of your life. And be like, this is an insight into who I am and here's my home. Like this is my life. Like, oh, yeah. And people obviously really love it and connect to it. Um, Who doesn't love seeing pickles? Uh, adorable little spotty-bellied kitten. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah. I don't know. It's so interesting to me because at this, like, it's interesting hearing you say that because I do really enjoy showing, sharing pictures of my home and things like that. But at the same time, I'm very aware that there are things that will just never, they will never appear on social media for me. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, the version I know of you is not the different version to the social media version. It's just that it's you plus. It's like... You and Oh, that's some. a good way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just that you're not you're giving a lot, but you're not giving everything. I like and that. And then if we that's the uh distinction I think which is important, is that it is always just like a snapshot. Yeah. We can't know someone fully, nor mm. should we, because that's Great. an intimate thing. That's that's for to happen on a very micro level, not the macro. Yeah. It wouldn't be like sustainable for you. No. To connect no, and I don't want to take over With the everyone. world either. You don't want Thank to take God. over the world either. I can't do you? be asked. I'm too. Who's got the time? I'm too lazy. I just, I, the number of times a day, I'm like, ah, I can't be bothered. Somebody, somebody recently asked me, and I was like, oh, the earnestness of this question. It was beautiful. I nearly laughed. <laughs> but they were like, what do you dream of doing in life? And I was like, that's a that's a big oh, question. Gosh, what do yeah. you dream of doing in life? And I was like, I just, I just want to live like a small life. A happy, small life. Yeah, I want to do my work and make a difference where I can, but I'm not interested in taking over the world. You don't want fame and fortune, power, influence. I don't know. I have a podcast now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you can take the best bits, I guess. It doesn't have to be as binary as, you know, it's one or one or the or not the other. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the teachers who I really connect to the most are these sort of, I guess they become, they're less and less um, typical now in as much as they're off-grid. Not mm. like in like in an online sense. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a digital footprint. And what I see for those people is that they don't, there's so much less time taken up by things which don't really work, like don't serve them to mm. use, you know, the parlance of our 
time. Mm. And it takes time to sort of figure out that as yeah. a new teacher and then also just, I guess, in life in general. I think my I never wanted to be on social media and it was a real... Um, I know you were dragged kicking, oh, and, kicking and screaming. I was you? just, I remember the first teach training I did, I was so like, I was so uncomfortable that everyone was posting. This isn't also in the early days of Instagram when it was definitely not what it is now. Mm. I was aware of it. I didn't really use it myself. And I was like, do I, is this necessary? Like, am I, am I going to be able to do this without it? Or am I being incredibly You'd, naive? I mean, I think you've done pretty well. I mean, the fact that I'm sort of, I'm a full-time teacher and I've, joined Instagram this year I feel like it's a success but I also I, I realize I'll make you a badge <laughs> I also realize that it's like moments in time and like things shift and then like you know I'll have to kind of play the game for a bit at least for a while things will swing back yeah. I don't want to be resisting because actually the resisting becomes quite tiring in itself and mm. then you become cynical I was becoming cynical about social media. No, I think it's important to and like... And there's so much good that comes from yeah. it as well. Finding your way of doing it, I think, yeah, is yeah, quite yeah. useful. Boundaries, just mm. finding a boundary. Yeah. Which I think is how people do it well. Mm. Yeah, when Agreed. there's distinctions. Well, speaking of social media, we are reaching the end of our time here. It's just flown by. Flown by so lovely. where can where can people find you? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I do have an Instagram, which is Phoenicia Yoga. We'll link it. And a website, which is probably more up to date. Um, I also can't email me, guys. I'll chat. Yoga at gmail.com. <laughs> no, um, I mean... Yeah, Instagram, websites. Also, Nourish is probably one of the best yeah. ways of sort of seeing what I'm doing. I've got my paws on you. Yes, I'm very much in the fold. Oh, yeah. you're my work wife. Yes, I'm quite right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming and chatting with me today. That's okay. Yeah, I love you so much. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In Our Experience. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We love hearing what you think and it makes a really big difference. In the meantime, until the next episode comes out, why not check us out on our Instagram account at Nourish Yoga Training or pop us an email via our website. See you soon.